0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the TSC Audio Project. In this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I have a conversation about the potential for physical education in grade school and of creating a movement-rich environment to enhance how developing brains absorb information. We talk about the work of Dr. John Ratty and his focus on exercise in the brain. His science is really showing us that kids get smarter when they get out of their seats, and it's a really interesting topic. This episode is sponsored by TSC Balance Beams. Uh, It's a piece of facility-grade equipment that we sell at tfc-shop.com that you can use to restore your hip stability and help offset the negative effects of spending too much time sitting in chairs, which we all have a bad habit of doing. Each beam comes with access to our online movement system that gives you progressively harder movement challenges to try as your hip stability improves. This episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear for our seminars and workshops, and you can check out their awesome cases at nanook.com. That's it for sponsors, so let's get into it. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to Shop Talk, episode number 8. Today, Mike and I are going to talk about physical education in school. Um, We're going to talk about some of the problems that we see And we'll talk about some of the solutions too, in terms of creating a movement-rich learning environment for kids to learn in school, because the environment we're creating right now really um, isn't very conducive to helping them learn and to helping their young brains develop. So maybe a good place to start is just by identifying some of the problems um, that we see, because we treat a lot of young people in the clinic, right? A lot of kids are coming to us in the clinic with injuries that they really shouldn't have, right? Like kids are Designed to be just these sponges of um, learning new movements, and, and and they're they're supposed to be very resilient, um, and yet it seems like the ones that are the most active are having the most problems um, because of the effects that happen to their bodies by sitting all day in school. So I think one of the big problems is that kids sit in schools. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that it's this weird thing where we're in order to be behaving or obedient or whatever it is, like you're told to to sit in your spot, like sit in your chair. And um, I actually heard it is starting to change in certain schools with introducing different workstations, uh, Mm -hmm. working from the floor, working from stand-up desks, uh, couches, all this kind of stuff. But really, it it remains that students sit in school all day long, and it's almost like we're training them to be office workers because they go from that to sitting in university all day long. And that's kind of the trajectory that me and you went to. And I'm sure that most people listening to this as well, like you kindergarten, you go in and you're allowed to play and stuff like that. But as soon as like you get into the the grades, um, it just becomes this thing where you're forced to, to sit all day. And once that desk arrives, then it's like, you better sit in your desk. That's your desk mm-hmm. and you better sit in it. And if you yeah. get up out of your desk, you're getting in trouble. Like I'm, I'm not... Um, it's, it's, it's just weird thing. So that breeds this thing where once you, you can express that movement, you're not able to actually, like, even if you get up from your seat, it's like, sit down. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, and then I think the environment's a big part of it too, because if, if that's the model we have for, for this, then we need to actually change the model and change the mindset and and the way we view things. For sure. And I think John Rowdy's book spark was if, if you want a good read, Uh, to learn
0: about how movement affects the brain and and the way he talks about it he has a really good TED talk as well um that's only about 20 minutes it it was really impressive his delivery of just talking about how exercise is really primarily for your brain secondarily for your physical body um and that when when he said that it really um it really made me think about it and the more I kind of learn about it and the more I look into it the more I realize that I think that, you know, one of the reasons that we're getting so many diagnoses of ADHD and ADD in school, I think is because of the positions we're putting kids in all day, right? If you're Mm. a kid, um, if you're 12 years old, and you're in school, and when you're forced to sit all day in a chair, silent, listening to someone preach this boring crap that you really um, don't want to be there learning, if you don't act out or fidget or make disruption... Um, I think you should be you shouldn't be diagnosed as as eighty AD, eight a d d for doing that you should be looked at as being strange if you don't do that so why are we we're literally engineering a school environment that creates problematic um problematic behavior and it's not the fault of the kids it's the fault of the school system for engineering that environment and
1: and basically forcing kids to to kind of be rambunctious right because it's really natural to to move uh, for a young person and if you look at the human animal it's like That's where if you look at any other animal, that's the early ages or you look at dogs like your dog, the new dog that's that's playing around. It's like Mm -hmm. they're just balls of energy and they have to rough house, play around, run around. And it's very, very normal. Like, oh, look at that young dog. It's a ball of energy. That's great. You know, it's being a dog. And then then it's like, okay, well, when the same thing holds true, the the same thing should hold true for humans. And it shouldn't be this weird thing where we we scold movement and it 's very very natural for for kids to want to play and it 's very, very unnatural to prevent them from moving and playing and expressing themselves through movement um, and I think that 's where like like you said, that book sparked there are certain school districts um i think naperville in the states i'm not sure what area that's in that's one of the examples of certain school districts are going out of their way to change the the way they structure their days and change Mm -hmm. the environments a little bit and and adding these exercise and movement components to the day and what they're seeing is like really dramatic results in terms of productivity from the kids test scores Mm -hmm. um concentration discipline problems all these other things are, are drastically improving by, by scheduling in more and more movement, mm-hmm. uh, exercise sessions throughout the day, and at opportune times, too. So I don't know if you were well, telling me talk, about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, so in his, uh, I was listening to one of his TED Talks a couple days ago, and he mentions an inner-city school in South Carolina. So they did kind of an experiment. They took a really low-resource school. So the school had one gymnasium, one gym teacher, very low resources. So you can't implement this huge frame shift of expensive program with expensive equipment they, they saw okay with these bare bones what can we do and essentially what they did was every morning for 30 minutes all the kids had a movement session and so I think he said there were eight stations set up one was basketball one was jump rope one was pogo sticks hula hoop like just they really weren't significant specific exercises they were just movement um, and and they had those stations so that there was variety so that there was novelty to it they didn't get bored And one of the things that he said that shocked me was in the first four months of doing that, they had an 83% drop in discipline problems that they saw from the school. So big mystery, you get the kids moving and they act out less in school. 83% in four months, that's insane. And, And the biggest thing that got me was that he said... These kids aren't just burning off energy and that's why they're having less issues. They're literally turning their brains on before school starts so that they're primed for learning. Their brains are now ready to absorb information. Even if the information, the way you're teaching it is shit, they're still better able to absorb it um, and they don't have that pent up you know one they don't have that pent-up energy but 2 the you know the movement that you did primes your brain to be able to absorb information and you know stimulates bdnf brain drive growth neuro growth factor which allows you to actually learn it's, it's movement helps you learn it primes your brain to learn and i think we're you know not only we know sitting sucks for your body right as physical therapists and i think most people have heard the the, the saying at some point sitting is a new smoking which is a little bit of a simplistic way of, of saying it but it gets the point across that being in a sitting position in a chair for a prolonged period of time wreaks havoc on your entire msk system it, it messes with your movements um it it creates these um compensatory movements and and you know kids that are growing their bodies are expanding they're still they get used to a new body every six months right because they're growing the last thing you want to do is sit them in a cast all
1: day and create these restrictions that they have to fight against on top of everything so you're talking about like it almost twofold there so one of them is the the effects on the brain and their actual nervous system mm-hmm. um, in terms of the neurochemistry that changes when you exercise. And, and I read that book too. And one of the one of the biggest things is it went through anxiety, depression. It went through all of these things, ADHD, um, and and it showed the effects of the neurochemistry on the brains, the changes that happens when you do when you exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, the BDNF and things like that. So it's literally stimulating. Uh, it's creating an environment in, in your kid's brain to allow them to consume information better, to learn, to be engaged and all this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that like from and people don't even think about that. Like you say, it's everyone's thinking about, oh, yeah, it's good to be active. Yeah, it's good to be active. It's healthy. But it's like, no, it's literally what's going to create more productive beings and more more happy, um, engaged humans uh, who develop through the system. But the other factor is, like you say, it's it's the the physical part of putting your your meat vehicle like putting your body in a position and just keeping it in that position and That's i had terrible like i said to you i i've had a there was one week it was a few weeks ago i had three kids who were all under the age of 14 one was 14 and i had a two 13 year olds and they both had the exact same presentation it was like a super strange to see that all boom 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 and it was just this like flex posture Two of the three happen to be video game aficionados, and <laughs> combine that with sitting in school all day, we yeah. have this like weirdly rounded spine. These kids had real trouble moving; their shoulder blades were winging. Um, it's just I was like, okay, and and they all came in with with neck pain. So neck pain, really? Yeah, wow, they all came in with the neck pain. So what I did, and a lot of it just was musculoskeletal, or a yeah. lot of it was muscular. So like literally, just released their traps for five minutes. Like, oh my god, I feel better. But then it's like. You you get them foam rolling their back and you hear boom 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 all these pops and it's like you're just you're just sitting you're in that flex position for all day all day like exactly. not even like mostly and and their parents were like can you please tell them it's their posture and it's like it's unfortunately you have to almost tell kids this these days but I mean that's what it, this is all promoting it's well, like it's very normal like, how
0: about you tell their school that this is what they're causing right like yeah. okay yeah it's not good that that kid's playing video games at home but you know they might not even know. It. It's part of the fault that video games are literally engineered to be addictive. So yeah. how can, you know, these are little tiny kids. Obviously, they're going to be addicted to sugar if you feed them sugar. Obviously, they're going to be addicted to video games if they don't know that there's, you know, if they don't know that movement has the capacity to, to be a really fulfilling activity, right? So you, mm-hmm. they just haven't found, um, you know, a, a daily habit of moving or moving with friends or playing a sport or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think... I think the beauty is that where video games are going, and with kind of this VR stuff, I think there's going to be a nice blending of movement and the digital world, right? I think I Let's think hope. there's going to be games where, yeah, I hope, and I mean, it's I think that's going yeah, to be it's hard an option. to say. <laughs> yeah. But if you combine them having to move as part of playing this game, I think that that'll be very cool. And and you know, I think both of us think, fingers crossed, that that actually becomes a reality. Um, but I, you know, one thing that surprised me was. I never used to understand the relationship between movement or exercise, and John Reddy when he talks he talks about exercise and, and I think we always talk about how exercise is this very small subset of the world of movement and if everyone 's just exercising, we lose the ability to move right if you 're doing the same repetitive twelve exercises that people do in the gym they squat they lunge, they go on a treadmill, they go on the stairmaster whatever um, you 're just working within the confines of this very narrow band of movement and and it, you know, doing that and sitting all day actually makes it so that you really suck at those movements and you do yeah. them, but a lot of people are doing them through pain, they're doing them with poor, poor patterns. And it, it essentially turns exercise into a um, an injury risk factor, which
1: sucks. Exactly. So I think what we we should add to that is. Maybe we should get into what, how it could be better termed and how we could design maybe a, a baseline school system that can look at these things because exercise is very important. And he's looking at it from a neurophysiological standpoint. It's like, yeah, if you, if, if you get on a bike and get your heart rate up um, and get your juices flowing, this is going to stimulate all these neurochemicals in your brain and it's literally mm-hmm. going to help you re- learn better. But it's like, okay – there's also the component of the how you're moving, your movement quality, your mobility, mm-hmm. um, your ability to express movements through your life, your ability to not get injured when you go to play sports. So that's the other side of the token is that it's not just exercise; it's it's building these, this physical capacity and and also movement, um, you know, movement quality that we can mm-hmm. get kids started on at an early age. So it's like, hey, it's it's normal to we got to tell kids it's normal to you have to keep your joints moving. Like, you know, you sh- your body should be able to do these things. Like, the, positionally, like, you should be able to get into a squat and maintain that. There's, mm-hmm. there's certain things that your body needs to do. Your joints need to move through their full ranges of motion, and that's what keeps you healthy, healthy over time and allows you to do these movements. So that's the other end of the spectrum. It's not just get on a bike and go at it, although that is beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's um, how can we physically educate kids mm-hmm. so they can take care of their physical bodies over time and not run into these health issues and not know how they got there and think it's completely normal oh you know when i have osteoarthritis in my knees at 40 that's 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 normal look at it, look at the stats that's, that's normal these days yeah so it's like no that shouldn't be normal
0: so it's normal but it's not natural and i think yeah so okay if you look if you compartmentalize you say okay what's the problem problem is kids sit all day having a movement rich environment not only is better for their body, not having them sit in chairs all day, but it also activates their brain, reduces the amount of uh, problems that people ha- that kids have in terms of discipline issues or getting into trouble um, and it and it that is how a human is supposed to grow in a movement environment that 's how they learn right uh, having rough housing or having team sports like these are all things that play into just allowing them, allowing their brains to actually develop properly. Like movement improves learning. And I think the, you know, the research might not have been there before, but it definitely is now. If you look into it, the more someone moves, the better they are at learning, the better they are at, um, you know, implementing higher cognitive functions like memory. Working memory is, is enhanced by movement. Um, focus is enhanced by movement. John Raddy says that, you know, exercise... Getting a boat of exercise is essentially like getting a small bump of Prozac and a small bump of Ritalin. Why? Because exercise and movement in general reduces depression... Um, and it also improves focus so it's like why you know when if you can just go out and move for 30 minutes do some vigorous exercise and some novel movements to get the same effect as you get by taking an antidepressant uh, and a focus enhancer then like people need to know that that's something they can do right if kids are getting unfocused if if you're a teacher and the class is getting rambunctious and getting out of control you should be able to say okay you know what let's go outside we're running around for half an hour and it's not just to burn the energy but it's actually to prime their brains so that when they come back into the classroom, they're ready to learn. But it's also to just get them in a state where you're fulfilling this desire that's trying to show itself through ADD, through people, you know, getting frustrated with what they're learning, and and it's it's an easy outlet. So how do we structure, like you said, how do we structure? What's the solution to the problem?
1: So I think that you got to look at it from so that there's the grand scale of like the whole school system and how that's set up and the environments that kids are learning in um, throughout the entire day, uh, and like you say, implementing these. Maybe we can talk about that after. Um, the other thing is like w- something that currently exists is a physical education class. So that right. might be a good way to, to start. Because yeah. we have a class called physical education. The unfortunate part is it doesn't physically educate kids. Exactly. So <laughs> they throw
0: dodgeballs at each other and go into a weight room, not really knowing what yeah. to do. Like, yeah, building so that up we, from the ground up and making it simple yet extremely effective. That's a good way in because then we yeah. can
1: have a class that's dedicated to things that actually matter over time. So you might so some things that you might include in that um you know some baseline movement screens um some baseline fitness tests mm-hmm. and there's fitness tests that do exist in a lot of schools but they're they're just kind of outdated and mundane yeah like the um, test is there's
0: there's, there's there's a more exciting and a, a a more um effective way to test fitness in kids and having it on a broader measure and incorporating an element of movement quality this yeah. isn't complex stuff right like why don't you put the fms in schools and have kids graded in their gym class based on their how well they're to, moving their ability to demonstrate fitness standards and movement quality standards yeah because they should all be able to do that right it's not you know this whole school system these days is, is so silly it's like oh you're not allowed to give medals for for winning or you have to give ribbons for everyone participation it's like no i don't care if a kid's over if a kid's overweight it's even more important that they start to work on these standards right yeah. it's not oh you're overweight so you shouldn't have to adhere about the same standards of all the humans that are 12 years old it's like don't feed into that bullshit. Have everyone understand that, okay, a 12-year-old kid should be able to do these things. They should be able to go down and do a squat. They should be able to do a lunge. They should be able to balance on one leg with their eyes closed for 30
1: seconds. Like and you know, basic think,
0: functional movements.
1: I think that the, the, the physical educator should should be very – like if, you're, if your job is to physically educate kids, you should almost be like, well, like what we do as physical therapists. We're, we're doing that with the general public. Uh, who comes to see us but this is this is even more important it's before they're in pain and it's before they get into problems it's like here's how we can we can train kids to to move better we can train them on simple ways to take care of their body through some baseline mobilizations to get them unstuck out of that chair position Mm -hmm. uh some basic stretching classes um like we can incorporate all of these things and say, okay, what are some good habits that we can ingrain in kids from an early age that we can go through and, and, and everyone learns the same thing. It's like, okay, we all know at a baseline and whether you follow through in it over time is up to you. But at least the, the kids have this, this strategy of how do I maintain my joints in my, in my body? Mm-hmm. And then we can get into things like, so that's from a movement standpoint. That's and, not and that complex, right? Like a, not that you, complex. Can, you
0: can explain knee pain
1: to a 10 year old if you use the right terminology, um,
0: so it, it really you get is not them doing stuff too. Like yeah.
1: putting them through stuff. You have a class where you have an hour a day or whatever it might be where you can actually do this stuff. And you might maybe maybe um, the first 10 minutes of every class is something like that. Or maybe you have um, units interspersed throughout the year mm-hmm. that are that are based on, you know, maintaining your physical and not like like you say, it's like so sports oriented. It's like, yeah, we can still play sports and stuff like that. But here's here's your let's focus on your body for a second. Let's keep your body moving well, running well. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is that, like, they do incorporate small, like every every school system is different. But I think getting to the nuts and bolts of of nutrition is a big part of that too, um, and educating kids on that. um, With sleep, like, why don't you
0: teach teach kids the fundamentals of offsetting the effects of sitting? because even though. Even if you change the school system to allow them to not sit as much, they're still going to, they're going to live in a sitting centric society, right? They're going to, the likelihood is, the odds are that they're going to sit a lot in university. They're going to sit a lot in their daily life. They're going to sit a lot when they start working. Okay, those are the odds. Hopefully that changes and people sit less as they become better informed. But at least teach kids, okay, try and not sit as much. But if you have to sit, here's what you do to unsit your body, right? Here's, we were just talking about this. Open up the upper back with a foam roll, open up the front of your hip, and you essentially offset, you negate two of the biggest restrictions that we see from sitting that cause a lot of problems. And here's, here's a crazy thought. If you teach these kids that, they can fix their freaking parents, mm-hmm. right? They can literally, you know, instead of showing mom and dad a project that you did at school or telling them about how you learned how to play dodgeball, how about you teach them how to open up their own upper backs and their own hips and get the kid to basically keep the parents honest and say, Listen, I just learned about food and how a lot of the food that we're eating now is fake and it screws up our bodies. Or I just learned that we're supposed to sleep eight hours a night. And if you don't, here are the consequences. Maybe we should make sure that we're doing this stuff, right? Like, mm. does your back hurt, Dad? Oh, well, I learned this to open up my hip. And I was told that when your hips are tight, your back starts to hurt. Like, maybe you should try this. That is
1: insane. That, there's, that's, that's very feasible, Mm-hmm. Like real, real health education in in a physical education class and educating you about your own body how it works because mm-hmm. really that's the body you're going to be with forever. And if we want to start reducing these, we're we're seeing this slew of health problems keep increasing, especially in the Western world. And it's it's all based on these like f- these few pillars that that can be really ingrained in kids uh, from an early age. And the, the the good part about it is a lot of it's just enjoyable stuff. Like if I had um, I used to enjoy gym class just because, because I could move, but, but I think that it, you could really, you could really spice it up and it could hit home that much harder. And I would argue it would be probably one of the, the most important classes. It's one of those things because phys ed is almost looked at this like waste of time class. It's like, oh, if you want to, you know, if you want to break, take phys ed, or it's like, oh, it's just phys ed class. But I think if we flip that out instead and say, that's, that's one of the most important things, like your body's going to be with you forever. You, you, mm-hmm. do you want to maintain it? Like we I better agree. start. We have you know 12 grades that we can start educating people on their own bodies that's a lot of years that we and and a lot of time that we can just start to trickle away at this so maybe when they graduate from from high school they have a good understanding of these things they can move a little bit better and they've given they've been given the opportunity to move more right through um, and that's more looking at the global aspect of things like through movement breaks and during other classes Mm -hmm. or scheduled exercise classes or anything like that but I think that, I think it starts in phys ed and I think right now there is some good, like we know a a phys ed teacher who is, who's on point with this stuff and it's, it's nice to see when you see that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's be real. 95% of what you learn in high school, in grade
0: school is complete bullshit that you're never going to use again in your life. Yeah. What you're learning by, by being forced to learn those things is where the value is, right? It's try. It, they should be teaching you how to be a good thinker, how to be disciplined how to have a motivation to learn and, and how to digest information and determine whether it's good or bad. That's really what you should be learning. But what's more tangible and using for the rest of your life than learning about the health of your body, right? Mm-hmm. And even, even the term like phys ed, I think, because I've thought about this a few times. I was like, okay, if I had a kid that was going to school and I was asked hypothetically, what's the best way to help kids understand about their health? And I think the best way to do it is health class like a health class that you take you don't take gym on certain semesters only or you don't take this class on certain semesters you take health all year long it's one part of your day all year long Um, maybe it's uh, ideally it would be the first part like uh in the morning of your day so that the physical activity component of the health class um literally primes up your brain so that the rest of the day you you can learn better but if a certain portion every day okay say it's an hour i I can't even remember how long classes are in high school are they about an hour an hour an hour and a half yeah so, so let's say let's say it's an hour the first 20 minutes of that when you get there is movement. So there's some sort of movement that everyone does together. Maybe everyone works towards a certain standard. Okay. You can't squat yet. Okay. Let's work on the squat or whatever it is. Then there's an element of learning about sleep. Then there's an element of learning about food, right? Like you, you cover all these different, you know, what are the main pillars of health? Movement, diet, stress reduction, and sleep. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you just learn about those and, and then it's broken up into whatever blocks you want. Um, but if you move first, it gets people, it gets kids able to learn the other stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because sleep might not be this very sexy subject, but if you get them moving and you get their brains ready to learn, and you put it into terms that is tangible for them, um, and you talk about sleep in a way, you know, sleep is not a real fancy subject. But reading Matthew Walker's book about why we sleep, like that was super powerful. And and even just talking about, you know, caffeine. If you when you eventually start drinking coffee, this is what it does. This is how long it stays in your system. This is how it can affect your sleep. Like. I think kids would be open to learning this stuff if you create the right environment for them to learn in. And, you know, I think I'll start by saying this. T- being a teacher is a very hard job. It's not an easy job. Being a police officer and a teacher are, I think, two of the hardest jobs ever because you have a huge amount of responsibility. You're not compensated hugely for your work. And I think it's, you know, it's a big amount of pressure to basically determine how the next generation of, of children are going to grow up and are going are gonna to function as humans. Well, so, you're
1: working within a... It's just like anything. You're working within a system that you're fighting. It's like you're a salmon streaming upstream in a lot of cases. Because mm-hmm. even if you are a magnificent teacher, you are are going against what's being what's being like what you're told. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're trying to run within a framework um, of the current curriculum in most schools and most school systems. So, like I said, it's it's good to see certain teachers um, that kind of. Take it into their own hands a little bit, and and try to play with the boundaries, and say like, okay, let's try to let's try to do things a little bit better. Um, but I think it's going to take something more. And it's like anything; these things take time. But the best thing we can do is is produce healthy and productive humans that are able to do. If you work on the human itself. Instead of working on giving them shoving as much information into them as they can, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to absorb the information that that they need to. Mm-hmm. It's about creating somebody who's healthy, balanced, and and ready to participate in whatever they want to participate in. And it's just like the whole system itself, and, and that's maybe a topic of another day. But we need to start looking at the actual. At educating but also just creating these productive humans from from day one who are able to contribute in society in whatever way they choose. Mm
0: -hmm. And in order to do that, they have to learn. And in order to learn, they have to move. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like this fundamental thing that we're trying to talk about is, okay, instead of having to rebuild the entire wheel, right, instead of having to re-engineer and redesign the entire school system, just know that Sitting damages kids' bodies over time. It's responsible for a lot of the injuries that we see, right? If a a kid's hips get locked up because they sit all day, they're going to have knee and back problems. You can almost guarantee. If they play sports on a regular basis, the likelihood of them having that is even higher because they're now using their body through vigorous activity of jumping, running, cutting, all this kind of stuff, and that basically exaggerates these compensations until, you know, they get Osgood slatters, or they get knee pain, or telepharmic pain, or whatever you want to call it.
1: And Um, sitting sitting specifically at a desk um, in one position, in a chair. mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're talking about, too. Like, giving kids the opportunity to work into different environments, uh, sitting on the floor, standing, like, these different environments that are starting to be created in certain schools are really Mm -hmm. good, because at least you can move around dynamically, Mm -hmm. be a little bit more dynamic. So it's like, Sitting equals not moving. And that's why also why it's not bad. So you're not sort of that's also why it's bad. It's just mm-hmm. it by nature it means you're not moving your body. Yeah. And if it's against your will and you want to move, there's periods of time when in class, like I remember it was the craziest thing, like looking back at it. Yeah. you are trying to make it through the last <laughs> like the last bits of classes and you're just like, like this this weird like steam in your brain is ready to explode. You're like fidgeting your feet and you're like, yeah. I can't you're like, like counting down. You're the literally seconds on the looking bell. at your clock. One minute has gone by. I got four minutes left. Like like it's yeah. this weird thing and that happened like pretty much every day like, but that, but <laughs> and that's crazy thing that's normal
0: like in high school i swam if i didn't swim i 100 percent would have been insanely problematic probably gotten suspended or to the principal's office a lot i probably would have had a diagnosis of add and taken ritalin every day i i think i knowing what i know now about the fact that movement primes your brain and that i swam every morning at 5 before school i think if i hadn't done that my parents would have hated me and my teachers would have would have hated me and i wouldn't have learned as 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 well you know if you if we just incorporate a bit more movement and particularly he talks about vigorous exercise and the effect that that has so not just moving so movement is good better than sitting better to allow focus and allow an outlet if they want to fidget it's a lot easier to fidget when you're at a standing workstation you have a you know you can move your foot around you can change your position um instead of acting out but also vigorous exercise is a big part of it right and like i think it, also it that stimulates- the brain function
1: and that, and it also mentally it trains kids to if you have it shows you like physicality almost creates this natural thing where this natural competition this natural thing where it's like everyone pushing their body pushing your body tells you a lot about other things in your life so if you learn right. from an early age that's like a great way to build discipline to, build hard yeah, work if you have like it's like hey this kid can run this you know this far uh, look at that kid like it, there's a there's a component of pushing yourself mentally that translates and spills over and anybody who, who has a, a physical training routine or, or trains hard for sport knows that um so i think like we shouldn't downplay the it's almost this weird thing where you're you're considered like a. Uh, it's just this unimportant thing like oh this kid can can run uh, this fast or whatever but it's like that's important or or push themselves that hard to accomplish his goal Mm -hmm. physically that's just as important as pushing yourself hard to study for something well it's because
0: you that hard you put in hard work and sometimes maybe do things that you don't want to do or do them when you don't want to really when you don't really feel like doing them you push yourself put in the work the hard work to achieve a goal and you see yourself realize that goal and that's like that's what human existence is all about is struggling, working through that struggle and then meeting a goal. And it's a series of multiple miniature, medium and large versions of that um, to give yourself kind of a sense of purpose where you can accomplish something by putting in hard work. And but
1: the exactly. big thing too is that it's not only that, it's like you actually physiologically and, and mentally um, and emotionally feel better when you do that. Like let's, for example, push yourself through a period of exercise, vigorous exercise afterwards. that's the reward the reward is after the hard work because and it's just like i think that's a big problem with people in general is that if they knew how they'd actually feel if they if they went through and did these little things like Mm. exercised vigorously just created these little habits eating well start with like after two weeks it's like oh my god the reward is i feel amazing i I don't feel as depressed there's all these other things that are benefiting benefiting from that so I think just showing people if you push yourself, there's some rewards, and that's just creating sustainability over over your lifetime. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, if I don't want to feel like shit, then let's do this because after I do that, I don't feel like shit. I feel good. Like it's yeah. it's just weird thing. And, and kids will learn that um, over time if you just drill this into their head too. Hey, when I eat, when I sleep well, hey, I feel good. It's magic, mm-hmm. right? When I exercise each day, I can I'm I feel more focused and I'm I'm happier. Oh my god, I don't feel like crap. And especially with like high school kids these days, like there's this weird, you know. Rates of depression, anxiety, and all these things are just like piling up, um, mm. and that filters into university and the, and thereafter. But it's like that's a huge part of it is being one with your body and and figuring out what makes you just run better as a human, essentially.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree, and I think you know you're essentially teaching them to build strategies, right? If they know, okay, when I feel like shit or I feel um, if I'm unhappy, if I know that going out and moving or running or doing some sort of physical activity is a way for me to hack that and make myself feel better you're giving them a healthy habit a healthy strategy in order to improve their mood or change their mood right instead of um you know acting out or creating trouble or having to be given drugs by their parents like kids shouldn't be popping pills on a regular basis it's just it's very strange i always found that very weird and especially at the rate and the fact that the rates are climbing like it's 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 definitely concerning and, and i think it just shows that we're missing something right like we spend I think we're the education system is spending a lot of times of, okay, how can we teach the material to these kids in a way that they um, can learn it better? How do we teach it better? But no one's thinking of how do we make these kids learn better? Right. And I think the, you know, it's like swimming upstream, right? It's trying to do something when there's always this big overarching force making it much harder for kids to learn. We should be thinking, how do we make them learn better? How mm-hmm. do we create an environment that the stuff we're teaching them gets absorbed better? Or they have a higher motivation to learn? Or they have a better ability to
1: focus or actually tune in or express what they want to learn? Yeah, just giving them lifelong tools that they can use whenever so they can accomplish any task. Because they, like, we're so task-specific and subject-specific, but it's like, really you you can apply those same base root strategies to anything that you decide to do thereafter mm-hmm. it's like you really need just the baseline strategies in place and that's what we need we fail to teach is these these coping mechanisms these strategies for stress reduction um how are you going to get through the tough times whatever you choose to do mm-hmm. it's not about being a math uh, expert when you're in grade 12 it's like that's great but you know where is it really going to get you when shit hits the fan like mm-hmm. so yeah. and even using like a,
0: a health class or a movement class in a way that promotes um that promotes cohesiveness in, with the students right like i remember when we played dodgeball in high school the, the the nerd would always get picked on and just get launched dodgeballs at them all the time so it was mm-hmm. like you're pitting 2 you're you're taking these growing human beings that humans are by nature tribal and you're putting them in a place where you have one side versus the other side everyone throws shit at each other and it's like <laughs> it's just not a very good environment to harbor you know it, it harbors a sense of I wouldn't say bullying, but picking on the weak links. If you created something where it's like, okay, the entire class gets a mark for how many people are able to do these movements on the FMS. And you go into pods. So you have a group. Everyone in your group has to do well and, and, and master these movements in order for your group to get a good mark. So your interest is not just in doing, being able to do your stuff for yourself. It's in helping other people in your group being able to do that because the group doing well gets, gets everyone good marks. Exactly. Right? Why yeah. isn't your mark based on instead of some weird I don't even remember how gym class is marked. I, I thought it was pass fail, but I think there's probably some way that they mark it. It's yeah. probably like just attendance or participation. But why don't you make it why don't you instill a metric that's actually a metric of health?
1: Like Or other you, games too. Any any game like developing games where you're working together on, and again, the metric could be physical tasks. So mm-hmm. in this class, we choose physical tasks and we turn them into games where you need to help each other through these physical tasks. Yeah. Cause look at what, look at what the, uh, you know, the military is all about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, hey, we better be on the same team here because we're, we're in some life or death situations and we better train for this too. So let's help each other, let's help the weak links. We're not going to pick on the weak links. Mm-hmm. Like, so just something like that that per, through physicality, we can develop teamwork and mm-hmm. uh, coherence with people and showing people that, hey, if we help each other, we can we can accomplish these physical tasks because a lot of times physical tasks are very black and white, and like I said, no, beyond the the good things they, they do for you um, from an individual standpoint, um, just showing people concretely you can accomplish this physical task when you work together at it, right mm-hmm. so. So if we talk about, you know,
0: summarize the education system, because I think this has a very big parallel, which I want to touch on next. But if we talk about the education system, kids' movement improves learning. Kids need to be able to move and need to be able to do activity on a daily basis in order to turn their brains on so that they learn in school. So we need to get rid of the chairs and create a more, like not get rid of the chairs, but give the option to not sit in a chair. To sit on the floor, to stand at a standing workstation, give kids an option for the chairs. And what I think people will find is that chairs get used less and less and you have to have less and less of them when kids are given the choice. Mm Because I don't think they're going to want to sit. That's number one. Number two, have a class, basically redesign physical education to actually be physical education to teach kids how to build a resilient body how to protect their bodies against the constant threat of the chair the constant threat of shitty food of video games of a sedentary lifestyle of shitty sleep like give them real concrete health education and make it mandatory as a part of school because that's probably the only thing they're going to take with them for the rest of their life realistically right mm-hmm. like you're sure you might use some of the science you learn in school but all of math is basically useless now i have a we have a supercomputer in our pocket that has a, a, a mega calculator <laughs> yeah. you know like is so try think of what's tangible and then the other part of that too like we talked about is okay teach a kid something of how to combat back problems and they will teach their parents that
1: that's just gonna like say they're just, not getting the education from their parents whether it's diet yeah. like some of them are it's just a crapshoot but if we can have an institution that actually um shows them how to live then like i said it's you know, the, the, at least they can, from the ground up level, have this information themselves. And it, it's just, it's multifactorial, but I think we can do a little bit better job and we start slowly mm-hmm. implement these little things. And yeah, start chipping away uh, it. at it. Then no. it, it's just something that that we can we can do a better job at. And I think that this is a subject that's been talked about a lot in multiple different ways, but we really need to do something because... It, the times are changing, and, and I think that it's just a matter of – we can't just put up with like the what's been – just because it's been done, and we didn't get into the history of the education system and everything and all these other conspiracies that may be involved, but just because this is the way it's been done doesn't mean that we need to continue doing it. It's, it's just mm-hmm. – it's going to take something. And but, something this important is
0: worth working super hard to change, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if – I think Elon Musk had a quote. If something's really important, it doesn't matter how hard it is or how much shit you take for trying to do it if it's important enough, it deserves the attention and the struggle to achieve what you know is better. And we know now that the, the whole role of movement and the brain and the fact that the education system, the way it's done now is not giving us, is not creating good humans that are graduating from high school, going into university. They're not prepared to manage their own basic finances like credit cards and bank accounts. They're not prepared to understand how their bodies work because they're breaking down in university. They're breaking down in sports
1: and we have concrete evidence from these school districts that we've talked about at the start too is that it's not this is not just like um creating a perfect reality it's like we have concrete evidence i think it was that naperville county that or school district that that their math scores and their science scores were number two and number three in the world i believe um when you compare just that district to um to the world and yeah. all of the countries and then if you compare the usa as a whole to these to the every other country they were way they were way, way down the list like yeah. in the 20s or 30s i can't recall the exact number but and that's all they did was implement some exercise into their day that's that's all they did and even
0: actually in this ted talk um he talks about another school where this school i think it was in northern ontario actually it was in canada so they took the 25 biggest bad boys in school the ones that created the most problems were disrupting the most classes they put them all in one class And what they did was made these kids do intense, vigorous exercise every day. And the amount of suspensions, I think it was, I'm not sure the exact data chunk, but I think it was a four-month period. So the four-month period, um, kind of the baseline of how things were going and had been. And then the four months after they started doing vigorous exercise, the amount of days of suspensions went from like 100 in that period to five. exactly. And the amount of absent days from school started decreasing. So kids were actually, these kids that hated school always got in trouble, were always fucking up actually wanted to start going to school more and missing less days and they were not getting suspended like it's the results are very obvious you can probably quote a thousand of those same kind of case study examples so the data is there let's focus less on getting more data let's focus now on how do we implement this data with strategies that are doable right we Mm talked about that one where you take that inner city school in south carolina zero resources huge impact 83 percent drop in discipline problems in the first four months and that's only doing 30 minutes of an eight station circuit like that's super simple go buy 10 jump ropes like i think every school can have a budget for that or you can find a company to buy the little equipment you need and sponsor it to the school like this is doable stuff we just we need to execute on okay here's here's a good strategy as as a baseline you can either do this or you can implement your own variation but it needs to be done Mm -hmm. exactly and then the bigger parallel that i was talking about I, i think you know we're talking about okay sitting is terrible for your mind and your body movement needs to be integrated because it decreases depression reduces anxiety improves focus improves your ability to learn improves your brain function this is a huge parallel to society as a whole and the fact that most companies are are just consisting of pens of desks that people sit all day um and And I think if you take this and, you know, companies talk in money, they don't, they don't give a, you know, the bottom line is that most companies don't care about the mood of their employees, they care about the bottom line. And if you attach those two together and say, listen, an employee that's happier and can focus more is more productive, makes more money, takes less days off work, um, is better for the team as a whole, like you put it in, in dollar amounts, it makes a lot of sense. Make mm-hmm. a more active, movement-centric uh, workplace. Even if it's just twenty minutes a day, and instead of making, instead of putting a work g- um, a gym in the office that collects dust and most people don't use, like make it part of your workday. Okay, take thirty minutes out of the work that they're doing. Implement something that's basically
1: mandatory, and you will make all the other hours that they're there that day way be- way more productive. Yeah, like, give them the opportunity to explore their bodies throughout the day. Give them implement that into. You know the strategies for productivity, and it's just you're again just back to you're creating more healthy, functioning, productive humans when you do that. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, because everyone looks at short term, in the long run, it's going to pay off in dividends. You're going to have less uh, less people quitting, like you say. Just just everything is better when when everyone feels more well, happier, healthier, uh, and and just and it feels a sense that that people people care about them too, and they're able to just do things um that they naturally that that are just promoting like them having a sense of well-being like, it's just it's just one of those things so you're right i think it, there's if we train it from day one one feeds into the next but i think you also you got to look at like a bottom-up strategy with the schools and then you yeah. also got to look at like a top-down strategy so it's like hey n- companies can take the lead on a lot of things because sometimes sometimes it's slow to trickle in in certain um, areas so it's like hey you're seeing these companies like google promote some of this stuff um like on it is another company you're like you're seeing these companies start to say like hey we're you can use the sauna during the day. You can you can you can move around. We have a gym facility. Um, we have stand up desks everywhere. You don't have to sit right here. You can do your work over there. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, uh, hey, I'll bring people in. We'll r- run you through yoga classes, exercise classes. Like this is all a part of your work day. You should be happy to come to work. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we're gonna we're gonna provide good food fr- food for you guys. Like this is all. Um, so taking it from a top down approach too will trickle down eventually, and I think that it needs to be both. It kind of needs to be both, but it does need to be both. And
0: I think the way to create the way to really stimulate a huge change even at the top when you talk about well, what people do for the bulk of their lives which is working in a career if a kid from day one grows up in a movement rich environment in a school environment where movement is a big part they feel good they're taught okay we we need to not sit in chairs as much we need to make sure we're offsetting the time that we spend in chairs that kid grows up his entire life knowing that they they work optimally their brains function optimally and they feel best when they're moving so when they graduate it. school they go to a company they're sitting all day. Like I remember your brother said this. He
1: went um he started working for a landscape architect firm and he was sitting and he was like this is this is terrible cuz he's a very yeah, he's a movement guy and and he like within a month he's like He's like, I I can't do this. He's like, I just can't (laughs) do this. So what he, he did like to, to make ends meet is just, um, you know, he implemented a stand up workstation. He bought his own standing workstation and he was the only person towering over the, uh, the cubicles with a stand up workstation. So that, I mean, but then everyone was curious and now there's more and more of them. So exactly
0: like you, you almost need. The stimulus of someone knowing that there's a better way and that sitting all day is unacceptable from uh, a physical health point of view, but also just I don't work as well when I sit all day. It just doesn't, you know, and you, and if you've lived a movement-rich lifestyle until that point, you're just going to f- look for better options. Either that or companies are going to have to change to provide better options. And either way, it's a good outcome. Exactly. So, I think the moral of this one is kids get smarter by getting out of their seats. That's like a, a probably a good principle and that an, a movement element, not just exercise, but a movement element even for a small part of the day can reduce can can let kids Take advantage of the learning environment that's already there. Instead of changing the entire learning environment, incorporate some movement and they automatically learn better. It's better for their growing brains. They maintain physical function with good functional movements. I think physical education has so much potential to help kids understand what quality movement is, um, but also the potential to be an element of their day that improves the entire rest of their day in terms of their ability to learn. So anyway, hopefully... That wasn't too ranty, you know, going over the problems, but also providing some solutions. So um, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the chat. We'll catch you guys next week.